Welcome to For the Greater Good, a podcast brought to you by the Independent Grocers Alliance. And now your host, John Ross. Well, hello, IGA family, and welcome to another episode of For the Greater Good. This is my podcast slash webcast designed to talk about the issue of sustainability. And really, how do we as retailers and manufacturers and brands and wholesalers and suppliers, how do we work together to make the world a better place? And my guest today is Fisk Johnson. Fisk is the chairman and CEO of uh, SC Johnson and uh, one of my fellow board members at uh, the Consumer Goods Forum. Fisk, welcome to the show. John, thanks for including me. Well, uh, this is uh, this is a cool show. My audience keeps growing and growing and growing. We've got watchers from all over the world, or listeners, I guess, uh, from all over the world. You know IGA has 6,500 stores globally and growing. Our audience now has seeped into some of the most remote, remote corners of the globe. We've got people from Japan and China and Australia and Africa all watching. And uh, it's really cool to see that there's a lot of interest and something that's near and dear to my heart, which is, you know, seeing if we can't uh, do a better job of uh, leaving a better place for our kids. So first off, I thought you just might really easy layup question. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, both your role there at the company and maybe something personal that the audience wouldn't know. Sure. Um, well, most importantly, I'm a father. I've got one daughter who just graduated from college. Um, I'm a scientist by education. I was a little bit of a professional student for a while. I did five university degrees, uh, did my undergrad in chemistry and physics. I did an engineering degree, my MS and PhD in physics, uh, focusing in on atomic physics, mathematical physics. Um, I also did my MBA, so I was in graduate school for 10 years, uh, much to the bit of a complaint by my father, um, but I finally got out, joined our family business. Um, I think people would say I'm a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. I, I'm a pilot. I started flying when I was 16 years old. I've flown gliders, seaplanes, twin engine, uh, instrument rated, jet rated pilot. Um, and I'm a diver. I love to dive. I've been diving all over uh, the world. And um, I think maybe what's relevant uh, for our discussion today, one of the interesting things I've done over the last several years is I've tested for microplastic in the ocean all over the world, from the Arctic to the Strait of Magellan to actually the Sahara Desert. And you know, over 50 years of diving, I've seen the health of our ocean ecosystems deteriorate and the quantity of microplastic in the water, pieces of plastic that you can't see with the naked eye is unbelievable. Uh, you know, a couple thousand particles per cubic meter of water, wherever I test it, it's, it's just pervasive in the environment and it's a little scary. Well, I, I, I'm a diver, a scuba diver as well. It's the it's the one sport that I can still do with my son and keep up. Well, he's much better at it than I am, but we but it was something we do together. And uh, like you, I have seen you know these amazing, pristine, incredible habitats slowly erode 
and uh, I've, you know, it's nothing more demoralizing than getting in the water and seeing, you know, the detritus of, of, of our modern society littered all over what should be a, a perfect place. I mean, SC Johnson, you are a, I mean, you supply a lot of products and then you supply a lot of products in plastic. So I know that we're going to end up talking about this, but yes. before we get to those specific things, you also sit on, on the, the board of the Consumer Goods Forum, which is a collection of industry leaders who get together literally to work on issues like this. I thought maybe you would talk about your role there and maybe a couple of the committees or the uh, uh, the areas that you lead. Yeah, well, you know, I've been uh, on the Consumer Goods Forum board actually since its inception. Um, so I've been on for quite a while. And one of the things that's great about the Consumer Goods Forum is it brings together uh, retailers and manufacturers in one forum to uh, talk about and take action on issues uh, on a pre-competitive basis where it really takes collective action uh, by all of us to really make substantial progress. And one of the coalitions of action that I sit on, probably the most important one that's most relevant to our company, is the Plastic Waste Coalition of, of Action. I, you know, and, I, and what I would say about it is, um, you know, we have a lot of sustainability initiatives at, as a company from carbon to greener chemistry to transparency to social issues. But plastic waste is one of those things where it's hard to go it alone as a company. We've made a lot of great progress on carbon, on greener chemistry, and a lot of issues, you know, just acting alone as a company. But we've been working on the plastic waste issue for a long, long time. Believe it or not, the first recycled bottle that we launched was in 1987. So many wow. years ago. Um, we launched a concentrate for our trigger cleaner products 12, 13 years ago, um, and it didn't do very well. And, you know, plastic waste has just not been very top of mind uh, for consumers. And, uh, you know, even though it's a simple action to refill a trigger bottle and reuse it 100 times, you know, unless consumers are aware and think about the issue, they're not going to buy the product. And, and that's just kind of one illustration of where this is an issue where it really takes all stakeholders coming together collectively to solve the issue. It takes government regulation. It takes business retailers working together. It takes scale in municipal re recycling systems to get the economies of scale that we need to really make progress. And it's just it's just one of those imp really important issues where everybody has to come together. And the Consumer Goods Forum is a fantastic venue to help make that happen. Well, on, pl on, on plastic waste in particular, th th this is one that's near and dear to my heart um, because the issue is so intensely local. Of course, IGA, yes. you know, we've got, we've got uh, now 16, we're over 1600 stores in the U.S. now. Um, you know, each of those stores, each store owner is a leader in their community. And they have a lot more influence and power over how those communities behave. And perhaps even, even, even we realize many of them are mayors of their towns or they sit on their city council. And uh, certainly local politicians know that if the grocer's on your side, it's a way to win an election. So we got a lot of clout. We really have a mm -hmm. lot of clout. And if you were to go around the United States, just take the United States. I'm not talking about Australia or, or, or China or, or Poland or something. Just take the U.S. And you were to go around and say, how easy is it? 
to get a recyclable product. You've made all this effort to make the product recyclable. How is it to actually get it into a recycling program? And you will find that legislation, the rules, the availability of recycling plants, it is all over the board, just in our own country, just in the U.S. And if yes. we really want to make a, a difference here, right, the retailer has to say, no, it's not good enough for you know, our local community's got to be able to take this product and we got to treat it responsibly. And hey, you manufacturer, you got to make sure that you're supplying this product that can go through that cycle. But if, man, if we work together, think about how much progress we can make. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think there's a lot of great things that your grocers can do to help make progress on this issue, whether it's, uh, you know, listing more sustainable options when it comes to plastic, whether it's educating your shoppers in store, whether it's putting a collection for plastic film out in the front of your store. And, you know, whether or not you collect that much plastic, I, I think it's a good indicator of, you know, what your grocers are all about if you do those visible things from a sustainability standpoint. And I think that attracts people, especially today, as the younger shoppers want more sustainably minded products. Well, that, that's certainly true. And you could imagine that as our demographics change, you know, as our core shopper ages out and a new younger shopper ages in to be our core shopper, that these values will be will be more important to them. But I mean, you know, one, one, one of the things that I'd ask you to talk about this, you know, you, you know, many of the people who will be on the show will be heads of public companies. Uh, that makes you that makes, you know, this conversation unique. But a lot of those companies, you know, a critic could stand back and go, oh, you're just pandering to, you know, some special interest groups or this isn't really about business and growing. Many years ago, when I worked for Home Depot, we, we created a compact fluorescent light bulb recycling program in the stores. And what we found with that program is the repeat shopper visits went up. It's just like it was, it was great business because suddenly we were a more convenient place for them to bring the bulbs back. Our light bulb sales went up and uh, it all worked beautifully because the economics of it worked. Um, I'd be curious as to how you and your company and your board of directors think about this issue. Yeah, so, you know, we're a family company. We're still private. Um, you know, if you know our slogan, we say we're a family company at work for a better world. And, you know, that is our singular purpose as a company. Uh, everything we do is in support of that uh, purpose, um, whether it's creating a great place to work here, whether it's what we do for our communities, whether it's our products in terms of our environmental uh, responsibility and our environmental leadership on our products, our social leadership, all of those things flow into uh, that purpose. and. I think it's it's both the right thing to do and it's good business too. And I, I think we are at an inflection point in our society uh, where people are thinking about sustainability issues uh, more and more are willing and are willing to make that part of their purchase uh, decision, those kinds of factors. And um, you know, I do, I do think that sometimes costs and doing good collide. And I think the intellectual and practical challenge for all of us as leaders is to navigate through that and to do our best to uh, find the most efficient, cost efficient solutions to make, uh, you know, great progress on sustainability issues. And 
plastic, I, you know, I come back to that because it's one of the things that I'm really passionate about, but it, it really takes collective action. I just came back from Washington yesterday where I was meeting with uh, politicians on the Hill to advocate for greater uh, plastic uh, regulation, which I think we need to make progress. But I think there's all sorts of things that shoppers, that municipal recycling facilities, that companies can do to create more sustainable options for products to really make headway on this issue. This guy was in a retailer's office not too long ago, and uh, this issue came up. And, uh, and you know, I, I, he was saying things like, you know, I'll sell more if it sells. Which mm -hmm. is a fair thing to say, right? If the, if the yeah. shoppers want it, I really want it. And behind his shoulder on the wall were pictures from his grandchildren. And one of the pictures was a sea turtle with a um, with a plastic, you know, container wrapped around its neck. Yeah. And um, and and you know, the, uh, presumably his grandchild rescuing the sea turtle. And I went, well, look over your shoulder because that's our that's our incoming target, and they're going to mm -hmm. hold us accountable for how we manage our world in a way that, you know, maybe we didn't when, our, when, when we were in our generation. You know, the other thing that encourages me is, you know, at a company like yours, I mean, the people in your research and your, your design and your engineering departments, I mean, these are brilliant folks and they're creating amazing things. And I'll ask you to maybe talk about a couple of them that you're proud of. But my, my enthusiasm, my optimism says that the same skills that allow our industry to create amazing high quality products and sell it all on a, at the end of the day for a 2% net margin, which was a good day in my world, right? And be able to supply it to stores literally all over the world, the most remote places in the world can still get fresh produce every day. If that genius that made that work just tilts just a little bit, there's no reason why we can't solve these problems together. Uh, I totally agree. Totally agree with that. And, you know, just to talk about some of the really interesting things that uh, we've been working on, and I could list, <laughs> you know, 50 of them, um, you know, take our Ziploc brand in this this country here. Um, we've uh, we've tried to do our best to create a number of sustainable, more sustainable options for that brand. We now have a highly reusable version under Ziploc and durables. We have a paper version. We have a compostable version. Um, all in an effort to provide those more sustainable options that allow people to reuse, to reduce, and to recycle our products. Our Windex uh, product, if you, you, know, you look at it on the shelf today, that bottle is made from plastic that we've collected that's on the coast in Southeast Asia that is ocean-bound, uh, that uh, it not only has a social benefit because the people that pick up this uh, plastic can more than double their income uh, through our system, um, but it, it helps prevent uh, plastic from going into the ocean. I think to date, uh, we've saved over half a billion equivalent bottles from uh, going into uh, the ocean by uh, reusing that in our Windex uh, product. We just launched a really cool new version of concentrates for our trigger cleaners so that you can reuse that trigger bottle a hundred times. Um, we are, you know, I could keep going. We, we've got a lot of new ideas, new, more sustainable options that we are, you know, trying to, you know, create for 
uh, your shoppers and others. So I, I seem to remember a photo or a video of you uh, in a wetsuit, which is, you know, you know, it's pretty brave right there, I'd say. Uh, when I put a wetsuit on, I look more like something, something that should be harpooned and removed from the ocean. But, <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but you floating in the water, and then around you was surround, you were surrounded by all this floating plastic waste. That 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 business model that you described, this is something you created. You created a business model to create a profitable and manageable mechanic to get that plastic out of that country and into our bottles. Do I understand it right? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, there is a cost associated with it, but it's uh, in it's a good social cause. It's a good environmental cause. Um, so so we do it. And, you know, as I said, I've been a diver for 50 years. I've seen, you know, the, the plastic waste issue get worse and worse. I've been standing on beaches in Central America where you don't see a grain of sand underneath you because you're standing on on garbage. Uh, and I mean, it, it's really sad. Eight million metric tons of plastic flow into the ocean every single year. And, you know, they say by 2050, there's going to be more plastic by weight in the ocean than fish by weight. Just think about that. And it's getting into the food chain. I, I don't know if you saw that study by the University of Raj in Netherlands, where they tested uh, the blood of a number of people, and they detected plastic in the blood of 70% of the people that they did the, the testing on. I mean, that 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 can't be good. I, I mean, I, I don't think we know today the impact on human health uh, of plastic in the, in the food chain. And I, it just gives me an incredible sense of urgency to make progress on this issue as, as a big plastic. We're not a polluter of the oceans. Our products really don't get there um, because we're more of a developed uh, city kind of operation where they have good collection systems but it is it's it's a terrible state but i i have to say that i'm more optimistic than ever because i think we're at an inflection point right now everybody's taking notice retailers government officials business and uh, I, I i think you're going to see a lot of great progress uh, ahead so if you hear that thumping sound, uh, inevitably, if I get on a call like this, the people above me start moving furniture around. I do not know That's why. probably me. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, def it's definitely my house. It's definitely, definitely happening here. Hey, so, so um, you know, the, the, the question I ask for, for, for the CEOs to come on this show is to imagine that you're at your retirement banquet, right? And someone's making a speech about you. And they're going to say some nice things about what you did. What, uh, in, in the interest of sustainability, what would be, what would be, how would you want them to talk about you? Well, I, um, you know, I'll tell you what comes to mind. What comes to mind is something that my father said 25 years ago that has been an incredible influence in my life over the last 25 years. And you got to recognize, you know, we're a family company. I'm the fifth generation leader of, of our company. And my father had a very difficult relationship with his father. I, I think his father wasn't around enough. I think uh, my his father had 
great expectations of what he would do in the business. And I think, especially when my grandfather got ill, there were times when I, I, I don't think my grandfather was satisfied with what my father was doing. You know, my father grew the company a hundredfold under his leadership. And my father came to the conclusion that uh, it doesn't really matter if we live up to the expectations of our fathers, but whether we as fathers live up to the expectations of our, our children. And I don't know that I, I need to be remembered for anything, but I would like to think that one, that I've lived up to the expectations of my daughter and that importantly, I've lived up to the expectation of the next generation of everyone's children in terms of what we at SC Johnson have been doing to create a better world across all sorts of different dimensions. What a spectacular answer. And I guarantee you that there are thousands of family business owners who are nodding vigorously when you were talking about a parent who might have had unrealistic expectations about them and a, and a tough relationship there and definitely a lot of smiles hearing that, uh, you know, we're, we're doing this for our kids. I mean, that's yeah. that's why they show up to work, right? I mean, this yeah. Running a family grocery store is hard. It's hard, it's hard, it's hard. And you do it so you can create a better opportunity for your children. Otherwise, you probably go do something different. So, uh, yes. hey, hey, Fisk, it is so cool that you did this. Um, I'm very proud of, uh, of what the CGF is doing. We're on a tough path and we set very aggressive goals. But I, like you, I'm optimistic about the future. We'll put links in the show notes for this so that people can get right to the sustainability efforts at SC Johnson because it's really, really right. cool stuff. And by the time I'm done with this loop, we'll be coming back with some retailers talking about things that we're going to do because my my – uh, my true belief is that if we can get the retailers and the manufacturers working together on some of these common goals, man, can we make enormous differences in our world? Fantastic. And thank you for including me. Oh, I know. And, and you know what? Next time we do this, we should be on a boat someplace in the South Pacific. Well, hey, I would love to go diving with you anytime you'd like. Just uh, let me know. We'll go do it. Uh, that, okay, that's a promise. That would that would I think that would improve the the the, the readership of this uh, for for people interested in sustainability and also whale hunters maybe. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so hey hey Fisk, thank you so much, and uh, for all the audience, thank you for continuing to embrace this show and share it. I know a lot of people are passing it around. Uh, I'm really encouraged and uh, just amazed at how popular the show has become, and uh, thank you for all your support. Thank you. Thank you.